one recent realization I've had is resilience. And resilience is something that I find to be very essential in life. And here's why. Because everybody has a breaking point. No matter how much control we want to explain or, or allow us to feel that we have, there's a breaking point. It can be from a fly going over your face, or it can be from a human, it can be from a loud sound, whatever the case is, baby crying, there's a breaking point. And resilience is what prevents us from breaking. Okay. Now, this does not imply that you can't develop resilience, but people tend to have different volumes, like within filling a capacity of like a cup of resilience. So because resilience is something that's essential for, you know, what life is going to throw at you, knowing that you can also, I guess you can say, um, develop more, I believe putting yourself in certain situations stressful situations help you with that. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey everyone, welcome back to Black Belt Beauty Radio. I've got a very special guest to share with all of you right now, and I can't wait to hit play on this conversation because my guest is one of my incredible brothers by the name of Mike Safai. He's the very first sibling that I'm sharing with all of you on the podcast, and I couldn't be more proud to have him on as a guest. His mental framework is powerful. And there's a lot of alignment in the overarching message behind Black Belt Beauty and this podcast, which is turning your best into better, reaching for better every single day, challenging yourself to become better in every desirable way because you can. So a little bit about my brother. Professionally, he is a strength and conditioning coach to some of the world's top elite athletes at the top of their game. He's been doing that over for over um, a decade now. He's also been a personal trainer, um, award-winning personal trainer for over two decades now. So he's been kicking ass and very revered in the space of training for the majority of his life. He is actually my baby brother. He's one year younger than me. Uh, but when you look at him, you're not thinking baby brother at all because his physique is statuesque like Superman. I call him a Superman brother. But that's not paying him a compliment. That's just calling it what it is. I would never take away the earned stripes that he has gained in his life. And when I say that, I mean it because, you know, his strength and his physique, his fitness level is has been his lifetime. He, he's earned it. He's been driving himself towards his gains for as long as I've known him, which is all my life, you know? So, um, but on that note, moving down his resume a bit more, he's a professional bodybuilder as well. He competes in the men's physique division. He is an IFBB pro, and he also competes in the PNBA, which is the All-Natural uh, Bodybuilding Competitor Association. So he's a lifetime natural. And um, you guys, you know, another thing that I call my brother got so many nicknames for him, is um, he's a scientist when it comes to training and exercise. So I call him an exercise scientist. And 
again, that's not just paying him a compliment. It's literally calling it what it is. So, you know, the way that he trains, and I say this to someone who is trained by him and who has witnessed his training to his clients and even to himself, all of his training approach comes from a very methodical, engineered mindset. He's not the guy who's like, okay, squat, then, you know, pick up that way. And, you know, because he's trying to make you exercise. He, it's not that with him. No, there's a meaning behind every meaning. There's like layers, right? All of which stem from a very methodical and, you know, strategic approach that lend to effective results. In addition to, you know, that just being trained by my brother fucking is a very incredible experience. He literally brings out my inner Rocky. It's gnarly. And I'm already hardcore when it comes to training in my mind. But like he takes it to another level. So, you know, it's worth saying and putting it out on the record. Um, in addition to all that, you guys, he is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's an incredible jiu-jitsu artist. He is a black belt under Hedon and Henner Gracie out of Torrance, California. He's my favorite jujitsu training partner. And, you know, here's where it gets really cool. So oftentimes you see these like fit guys, these muscle guys, and you don't really associate them with being very intellectual humans. Um, I'm not calling them dumb. I'm just saying like usually, you know, there's kind of a difference. Like that's your passion. You're in that space. My brother, on the other hand, is someone who, you know, is very much in that space, but at the same time, the more you know my brother, you understand he is a critical thinker. He is an absolute intellect. He loves philosophy. He loves debate. He is. He loves to use his brain. He loves to question and question and question. And you know, I. It's fun for me as a sister con to connect these dots. So, going back to his childhood. He has always been one of the most curious humans I've ever known. We called him MacGyver as a kid because he'd literally break the phone apart or the remote, take it apart and to try and put it back together because he loves to use his brain in that way. He's an engineer. Um, he has patents. Like you'll hear it in the conversation. I'll let you guys listen to it. But, you know, I say all that because I love that he can shatter a perception like, oh, you're the strong guy. Oh, but wait, you're actually like you know, not just a strong guy, you're like this like cerebral human. And, you know, it's it's really powerful. He's taught me, he's inspired me to learn how to learn better. L you know, in that comes with also learning how to listen better. You know, in this conversation, um, I can go on and on because it's my brother. And it's this is like probably guaranteed this is like the hardest intro that I've ever done so far in all of my podcast guests because like I can't give it up enough for my brother, right? But I just want to say this before I hit play. So my brother is as real as it gets. He's raw and uncensored. So just be aware of that. Um but he is such a loving, gentle, kind human being with just this powerful 
unique approach towards life. You know, we we are very, very similar in a lot of ways, and we are very different in a lot of ways. And I think it's rad to share that with all of you. You know, you'll capture it in our conversation. It's funny, though, because even where we're different, I feel like we kind of land in a lot of the same territory by way of like our approach towards life, you know, what we're like striving towards. So um, I think that'll be very cool for you guys to take in. And just overall, there's like powerful mindset gems, tools that I think are very applicable and useful to take in if they resonate with you. Um, So, and lastly, before I hit play, I'll say this. So my siblings, there's five of us. Um, We had, you know, our early childhood years were pretty gnarly. We went through a lot of shit. There was a lot of adversity. And it's not really been a part of my conversation. I mean, there's been, you know, pieces of it that have been dropped in different conversations on the podcast so far. But as a whole, it's not like been this conversation that I've necessarily spoke about. But I will I want to say this, because you're going to get a little bit of that in our conversation. It comes up. Um, one of the greatest things about the adversity that we faced as siblings um, together in our early childhood years is that it fortified the strength in our connection on a level that I have no words for. My siblings and I are as fucking tight as it gets. We are a pack. We are, we're a fist. We pack a punch. And I'm not saying that we always get along perfectly. It's not, no, no. In the same conversation, in the same five minutes, we'll tell each other to fuck off and then we say I love you at the same time. And we mean both, truly. But we are a fierce pack. And, you know, from all the challenges that we faced as, a, as you know, early on in our, you know, childhood years, I'm so grateful in a way for them because they really pulled us together as a team that is unbreakable. So just wanted to share that. Um Again, I couldn't be more proud to have him on. Um, I don't think this intro even served him as well as I would like it to, but um, yeah, I don't want to keep going on. I just want to let you guys take in this incredible mindset, mental framework, and approach towards life that stems from my amazing brother, Mike Safai. Enjoy. Yes, my first family member doing this podcast with me. Am it's- I? Yeah. Really? I thought Ari was. No, Ari and I did a practice one. Oh, okay. We haven't done the official yet. All right. Well, I'm Keep glad stalling. to be the official. I love you. <laughs> I'm so excited. I feel like we're kids right now. Yeah, me I too. Feel like we're in the room with our toys. Well, let's have fun. <laughs> okay, so you're prepping for a show right now. Yeah. How is that going? It's going great, actually. It's the best prep I've ever had um, for many reasons. Um, especially the uh, the way I look. So uh, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to it. And this process of learning how to just get better and better, especially by spreading yourself so thin, which is um, a challenge for me specifically, um, has been awesome. You know, it's, I'm not doing this for any reason, but the fact that I, I remember telling myself I wanna hold myself accountable to something. And so I was talking to one of my clients and she's like, but why, like why, why bodybuilding? And it's funny, I don't think I gave her a good enough answer, but now, 
you know, five and a half weeks into it, I believe that I could have answered the question better because I've learned more. So it's interesting how I knew that my brain state would have been um, modified because it has to be, in my opinion. But I didn't understand that um, there are certain details that would be specific that could answer a question like that. So if you can answer it now, what would, why are you doing it? I'm doing it because I feel like the realization of understanding who I am under a stressful situation is encouraging for future stressful situations in my life. I don't know what they're going to be. All right. We don't know. Hopefully they're not stressful in the sense to where I have to deal with any type of tragedy. Um, but looking past, you know, as you know, like the way we grew up and looking at myself currently, I understand that, you know, from an adaptative process, I have been designed air quotes to survive adversity. And I take pride in that. So I'm a natural bodybuilder. This is just a little fun tool. Right. I get to play a game with myself. Using bodybuilding as a tool. Yeah, bodybuilding is, is like the day you show it. And I was telling Jessica, my wife, the other day, I don't even feel like it, it, it fully explains what goes into this. You know, I was having a day where I was feeling a little restless. And it was, those are the hard days. But, you, you know, I, I just remember talking to myself in the gym, looking at certain pictures and um, just thinking like, you know, I, and again, like I'm so afraid, not afraid. I, I don't like to say certain things because I feel like other people have like kind of cursed, you know, positive sayings and all that. Um, but I like talking to myself. I like periodically allowing myself to be a little arrogant, to be a little aggressive. It's fucking mandatory for where I want to end up being. I don't want to be just positive. I don't want to be happy. I don't want to be emotional. No, I want to be aggressive. I want to be a little angry. I want to be fucking serious. And because I understand that to be the best I'm going to be, it requires that. I was explaining to Jessica why I'm, you're going to hear me say Jessica a lot because she's my number one go-to in regards to um, who I converse with for the most part. Anger and aggressiveness is such a useful tool when it comes to fatigue. And to be honest, I fucking enjoy it. However, it's not a brain state that I want to be in for you know every moment throughout the years but i give myself two months at a time where i might have to apologize to a couple of people you know i yeah <laughs> and so um yeah it's 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 just part of it and and i see it when i work with fighters in fact if i don't see that in certain fighters as they get closer to their fight i worry about them because they have to see blood they have to see red. They have to fucking know that they're about to go in there and someone's going to hurt them to make themselves look better. And if they don't have this look of intensity and they're just happy-go-lucky, I'm sorry. I feel like that's something to be concerned about. 
That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about that because you're so there's so many areas to go from there. I have to pick one and then we'll just fucking rabbit hole. Um, so essentially you used that aggressiveness as a tool for your performance and performance to be at the highest level it can be, you know, in those moments, right? Yes. Um, to put it simply, yes. And the aggressiveness is not within control. I've spoken to you in the past and you understand I don't necessarily believe in free will, at least libertarian free will. I don't think we choose our desires. I think there's a false sense of us feeling that way. I think brain states are occurrences and you suddenly just realize what you're thinking. Um, and you might realize it within a moment. And so one recent realization I've had is resilience. And resilience is something that I find to be very essential in life. And here's why. Because everybody has a breaking point. No matter how much control we want to explain or, or allow us to feel that we have, there's a breaking point. It can be from a fly going over your face, or it can be from a human, it can be from a loud sound, whatever the case is, baby crying, there's a breaking point. Um, and resilience is what prevents us from breaking. Okay. Now, this does not imply that you can't develop resilience, but people tend to have different volumes, like within uh, filling a capacity of like a cup of resilience. And so because resilience is something that's essential for, you know, what life is going to throw at you, um, knowing that you can also, I guess you can say, um, develop more, um, I, I believe putting yourself in certain situations, um, stressful situations help you with that. So when, um, when, I'm telling you, like, I don't believe in, you know, that people have free will. Mm -hmm. It's also explaining that people don't choose the amount of resilience they have. And that's scary. And here's why. It's because resilience is something we need to survive. It's the difference of the person who crawled to get up and walk. Right. I remember dad speaking about this. He goes, yeah, you know, there's those who are crawling. And then the person said, you know what? I'm not going to crawl. I'm going to walk. And then there's another person said, no, I'm going to run. He goes, but then there was that one that said, no, I'm going to fly. And that's the mindset that comes in. And, and you see, it's, that's, that's what I'm speaking about. Certain people have this ability to project, um, I guess you could say their abilities or potential abilities, whether it sounds unrealistic or not. And that's what we, between you and I, we call the unattainable carrot. To achieve that unattainable carrot, there's a lot of ups and downs and your resilience is going to fuel you to keep going. So, I mean, um, yeah, I, I truly believe that I am a resilient motherfucker. And, some people that have lived through, you know, trauma and all that can hear this and say, well, what have you gone through? And I believe it's relative and they might be right. And I'm grateful that I haven't. I believe trauma is relative. 
and I don't know who I would be in certain situations. So I'm not trying to discredit them. And I'm not even saying that I have more resilience than another person, but just to assess myself and to allow myself permission to label myself, I'm quite proud of the fact that I'm a resilient motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You are a resilient motherfucker uh, because, well, I validate that too. Obviously, I'm your sister, but it's not because I'm your sister. It's because that's why it's so easy to say you're an inspiration to me. And I know that in our family, we inspire each other in different ways for different reasons. But that's definitely, you have a steadiness that is so, um, uh, like, it's it's so obvious to see. And it's almost like when you're challenged, it's it's... I don't even know it. I mean, I might because you open up to me, but you don't, there's definitely no victim in you. That's like cross that motherfucker off the list. Uh, and, you know, in the face of challenge, if anything, I think you just maybe get more quiet, but you're more, you're an introvert anyway, so you are more quiet. But I think the way that you process challenge is really interesting. And I think that you've, you because you train your emotional resiliency and you do that through a lot of different ways perhaps training physically is definitely one of the strongest right um yeah i mean i i think it's interesting the thought of like some people having more volume more capacity potential more potential yeah i mean i i think that there are some people who just come out and have more and i don't know how to explain that either or why i do believe and obviously if i'm hearing right i mean you, you know that you can train your emotional resi emotional resiliency so i use training as one method to do that as well for me I fucking just started the habit and it's le a legitimate habit now because I tried not to do it the other day, but I can't. Hmm. <laughs> uh, cold showers straight from bed. Yeah, I heard you telling mom this. You know, obviously there's so many physiological reasons, you know, lower cortisol, anti-inflammatory, all that stuff. But for me, it's like, I want to wake up and do the most difficult and the thing you want to avoid the most, right? You want to stay warm in bed and that cold showers like the last thing that you want to get into, right? But what I've done is I've attached like things that I know I want to accomplish in my life and things that are kind of scary and providing challenge, all those things together. And they come out of the fucking, out of the shower head. And it's like me or you, who's going to win? And and honestly, it, it does like, so I, I say all that besides it just being fun, but there are different ways to train your emotional resiliency. And I, and I appreciate that you use your training and, you know, in that there's a sense of aggressiveness that comes out, um, you know, as part of a tool to further your emotional resiliency. It's working. Well, thank you. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that I'm training it. And, and here's why I say that. So, you take cold showers because you explained that, you know, there is physiological benefits as well as, you know, mental benefits, right? Some people can say they're the same. Um, what initially got you to do that, and I'm assuming, is you probably, you know, because I know that you study a lot, 
So you're 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 always into some form of like heightening your knowledge, right? You read something and you're like, shit, this could be good for me, right? I can benefit, I can increase my health from this, right? And so you're like, I'm going to give it a try. But it's funny because that now, just from hearing you talk, that now came comes in second place. So something, at least within our family, you know, uh, something happens to where it's like, yeah, 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 cool, physiological, but... No, the challenge of not wanting to do something, suddenly that's taken priority. So we have this, this thing within us that we respect discomfort. Um, and I don't think you're training yourself. I think you enjoy like facing adversity even on a minor level, because, you know, like some people that have gone to war, like taking a cold child, what's that? Right. It's not to reduce or even compare. It's just you continuing to look for that challenge. And then the, I call them, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, 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 physiological. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But no, I can get in something into a cold shower from my warm bed. And that's kind of like, well, that's, that's what we tend to respond to and respect more even and so um it's interesting so so putting it in a way of training we're not training no we are facing adversity and we realize who we are and then we continue to and i'm going to tell you something right now you're not going to do it forever yeah but what you will do is you'll likely put it in a treasure chest and you'll come back to it maybe five years from now so um, this is the beauty of these little uh, these little tools that we use to kind of elevate who we are. And I was telling uh, Henner today, like, you know, I realize I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. And here's why. Because what if we change? I believe in short-term goals. Going back to what I was saying a second ago, I like challenging myself or holding myself accountable to a process, mm-hmm. a process for short periods of time whether it's getting ready for a race, whether it's getting ready for a show, whether it's taking a test, whether it's like, you know, experiencing jujitsu or taekwondo or whatever the case is, you know, um, just venturing into philosophy uh, just periodically. And it's not to hold yourself accountable to say, this is what I'm going to do forever because I believe, and maybe I'm just giving myself permission to kind of like back off. I don't have it in me to stay so consistent to something. I mean, this show that I'm doing just came spontaneously. I started from a behind spot. What does that mean? It means people prep. I I was just reading um, a woman's Instagram page and she prepped for 16 months. What's that mean? Yeah, that means that she went through a bulking phase and and then she went through a cutting phase and who knows, like everything in between. I was in a heavy jujitsu phase just five and a half weeks ago. Fasted training. I fell in love with it. We go into the rooms. These private rooms are small. We turn the heater on. We have our geese on to sweat more and we just go, right? And I wasn't doing biceps and triceps and shoulders. I was doing chest and back and some other things like my legs, functional stuff, you know, the stuff that we would do. Mm-hmm. But it was not based towards bodybuilding. And then I was like, I'm going to do a show. now let me explain to you why this falls back into this free will thing i didn't it just occurred to me out of nowhere i'm gonna do a show and i'm like shit i'm gonna do one okay i'm gonna do it yeah and i'm gonna switch a league 
meaning I'm, I'm going into this league where they drug test, right? I'm pretty excited about that. It's my first one. But it just like, it occurred to my brain. Like, I don't know where it came from. I don't know why. I mean, it's, you know, it's a it's a tool that I like to use that I so happen to be, you know, good at, but. It's a challenge for you. I love the challenge. I was explaining to my clients, like, you know, like if I'm doing an exercise and I'm like pulling and I, and I write and I have my log in everything. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll log in my weight and I'll put an R there. It's, that's, that stands for reps. Sometimes I won't fill in the number because I'm like, let me see where I am because next week I want to try to get at least there or more, right? Mm-hmm. That's the idea behind it. But sometimes if I'm in this mood, I'm like, no, I'm going to put down 20. Okay. And I'm like doing like, this is specifically the barbell row. And I'm on my way to 20 and at 13, I feel myself getting tired. I go, no, motherfucker, you go 20. And body, if you keep fucking complaining, I'll make you do five more. You don't have a fucking choice in this matter. You don't tell me what to do. Now, when I say that, I don't want to be, you know, like, you know, cliche. Obviously, you have to move within your means. I don't want to hurt myself. Right. Okay. But it's just reminding myself, right? I'm speaking rhetorically here, like, Michael, remember, your body doesn't tell you what to do. You tell it what to do. And if pain is the only thing that's going to stop you, prove to yourself by doing five more to a crying body that that's not going to stop you. So fuck it, five more, just because you felt this way. Boom, you put it down. You walk, look at yourself in the mirror, you breathe, come back down, and then you calm yourself because there's another one. There's another day, there's another meal, there's another something. And, you know, talking about this right now, I just, I love it. I love it. Where does that come from? Where does the, the dialogue where was that born from? I have know? no idea. I can just tell you this. This my, this is not a very popular thing to say, but from the perspective of like this free lack of free will thing, I believe I have, I got lucky. I got lucky to be born with brain, the brain that I have because society accepts it. And I'm aware of that. Society accepts certain things and you can see it by what's popular right? And fortunately, uh, I have something that's desirable. I got lucky because some people don't have the brain I have. And I don't have the brain that some people have, like the people that are millionaires or even that far surpass me in this mode or whatever, right? So genetic factors, Usain Bolt, like muscle fibers, you know, body lengths or beauty, you know, they have golden ratios were appeal to all of this. I mean, if you're born ugly, sorry, society's just not going to be that accepting of you, at least up front. And that wasn't even your choice. You didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose when you were born. You didn't choose where you were born. You didn't choose your gender. You didn't choose any of that. So you can get the short end of the deal. I don't feel like I did. I feel very fortunate in that sense. Not on all fronts. I mean, both you and I know my challenges in the world, but at least in this specific context in regards to fitness. Well, self-motivation, perseverance, fortitude, you know, that's to me how I like process and receive when you 
because I relate to that, you know, when you're in there and it's like, you know, you against these next five reps, like for you to have that dialogue, that's all of those intangibles, you know, pushing you through. And yeah, there are, you know, a lot of people don't, don't, don't have that ability, you know, to push through, to motivate, to, and that's why I'm so curious because, and you know, I could probably answer that in some ways just from being, you know, basically like your twin sister We're what are we, 11 months apart, you know, um, and growing up with you, but like trying to go back into the childhood, like when do you, do you remember? And obviously, so, you know, we were competitive runners. Dad was our coach. It was intense. It was awesome in a lot of ways. Um, lifting weights, the whole thing at such a young age. Do you remember a point where that dialogue started coming or no? Um, no. And here's why I say that because, you know, dad has many kids, but very few of us have that brain. And that's why I don't feel like it's exclusively held to him. I believe your upbringing exposes who you are. I believe circumstances exposes who you are. Um, yeah, I'm not giving it to dad. I'm no, saying, no, like, no. I, I, I don't think. Well, actually, we have to because dad exposed us to a lifestyle that might have encouraged more of who we are. That's very true. So it, it's it's not to give or take away from anybody. It's just like, we don't know who we are until we're put in the situation. Yeah. So, and we understand things differently um, later on in life. Mm -hmm. So uh, thinking back now, I, I look at my childhood as more of like a, um, um, more of some type of like exposure to my mind to react. So I heard recently on a mutual friend's video that he was mentioning that, you know, he was quoting somebody, you know, um, life doesn't happen to you, life happens for you. I couldn't disagree more. I don't believe life has anything in mind for you, good or bad. So there is a video game that I have on my phone and it's like this vortex where there's a ball that's, you know, supposedly rolling down a tube and the, the tube has all these little obstacles that you have to like move your finger and fit the ball through. And if you look at the game and I ask people this, do you think the ball is rolling forward or do you think life, or do you think the screen is moving towards the ball? They always say, you know, I feel like the screen is moving towards the ball. And I feel like that's what life is. I don't feel like we're moving forward in life. I feel like life is moving towards us. And just like that vortex game, there are obstacles that we have to duck, stand, jump, move left, move right. We have to respond. And guess what? Resilience comes from fatigue, consistency, and moving left, right, ducking, jump, up, down, this, new moves, who knows, right? You get tired. And then guess what happens if you get tired and you slow down for a second and life throws a curveball at you, boom, you crash. Crashing doesn't mean it's over though, depending on how hard it is, right? You get up and you keep going. So I don't believe life happens for you. I think that's feel good bullshit. No, life happens to you, right? What you do with that to you, right, is yet to be known because, you know, people might think like, 
oh, well, if you don't have free will, that means you're destined. No, 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 because the story's not over. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how we're going to respond. Lack of free will doesn't mean that your, you, your life is already foretold. No, we don't know that. We don't know if aliens come down or whatever a hypothetical you can create. It's not to suggest that the story is told. It's to suggest that you would respond 10 times out of 10 a certain way if you're put in that position, regardless of your choice. That's what the fight or flight thing is. No matter what you train, how you, whatever. I mean, we've seen it in police officer videos. Some people, uh, police officers attack. Some people, they, they cover up and they scream. With all that training, all their weapons, you know, their butthole gets tight and they just, ah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one that specifically I have in mind. <laughs> My brother's the king of those, yeah, funny, crazy videos. It's our family text message chain is... Yeah, it's awesome. Always actually. going up from him. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I believe that life does happen to you, and you're. It's like next moves on you. So it's how you respond, and I think, yeah, it's 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 essentially like how you're responding to life coming at you. I like that. You know. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. I'll well, tell you because yeah. because it doesn't always work out. You know, like the story I was just telling you today. You know, I fall short sometimes and hopefully it's not so short where you can't recover from it because, you, you know, people make mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes. Um, I'll continue to make plenty of mistakes. And this idea like, you know, there's no winning or losing. There's learning. Yeah, cool. No, there's fucking losing. And I'll tell you why. Because if there's a goal in mind, anything counter to that goal is not good, okay? Because I don't believe in good or bad from an objective standpoint. But if you determine a goal and the goal is to achieve, right? You can walk away feeling good, but you didn't achieve the goal. And then you can go back and look and assess your movement and you can see where you made bad or quote unquote wrong moves. Why are they bad or wrong? Is because they did not help you. In fact, they were... Um, they were less beneficial to achieving the goal. Now, from what you do with that is your choice. And I'm not afraid to say that within myself. I can see choices that I make are wrong and I'm not gonna sugarcoat it by saying, you know, they're learning lessons. You know, I, I guess obviously if we can learn from it, cool. But at the end of the day, like it's both. You learn from doing wrong things. So there <laughs> well, you go, meet in the middle. Yeah. That's cool. I'm thinking about that. Because um, I think, yeah, I feel like everything is a, is a journey to just learning more about who we are. And that means work, relationships, I mean, everything. Really, I'm really starting. It's just, it's all about deeper self-discovery. And some people are more curious and will go out of their ways to, like you were saying, you know, I mean, even training, it's the greatest example. And you say it all the time in your high intensity interval training class. And I'm obsessed with it's like, who are you? And I love fucking asking myself that question when I'm faced with the challenge, you know, and I just I'm saying like, that's a lot of people won't go out of their way to 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 seek those challenges to discover more of who they are. But when you really think about it or when I think about it and I look at life from an aerial view perspective, I feel like 
everything is just more about self-discovery. Everything, you know, it's, it's, I like to, you know, go there in my mind, um, often and just, yeah. Yeah. And I, I understand like, that's the way you see life. I don't believe people see it that way. And I believe that you can even appreciate that mindset. There was a time within a group of friends that everyone was saying, be conscious, you know, be conscious. And I understand the sentiment behind it. I just don't agree that being conscious is always good. And I'll tell you why. I'm, I, you know, I, I've suffered from anxiety since my early 20s for whatever reason, right? Panic attacks. I am hyper vigilant, okay, to my surroundings, to myself. And the shitty thing is about being hyper vigilant, you don't understand everything you're seeing, right? And so I remember telling myself, I wish I was like these Jersey Shore people. I just, <laughs> no, I, I swear, I wish for a moment in time, let me just be dumb, please. <laughs> Let me be, let, I'm not lying. Like, let no, me, be, let me be ignorant because it looks like they, they, they don't have these concerns that I have because they're not as aware, at least based on what they, I don't know how they are outside of TV, right, but right, you yeah. know, from what I'm seeing from them, I can only, you know, interpret what I'm able to see. So I'm just like, oh my God, there's, that's such a lazy thought. Oh, be conscious. Like, no, it's way more than that. Sometimes shut it off. Let me be ignorant, please. Shut it off. I don't want to be. I'm asking you, whatever brain, please, shut it off. <laughs> Let me just like be dumb and laugh or something, right? And so, um, th like, I, I th th these are real pet peeves of mine. I don't feel like people put enough thought into it. And maybe it's not their fault. Maybe they, it's like they, they hear something, they take it, and they run with it. I'm like, okay. But I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like, okay. Like, all right. I, I, like, I understand. It's so literal to you in a, in a no, broader it's, way. No, it's not even that it's literal. It's, it's, there's not a lot of thought put into this. So, you know, um, yeah, it goes way further than that. I mean, you know, so, uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question yeah. for you because a lot of people have to deal with anxiety and I just did an episode you know where I was asked like when anxiety comes what do I do and fortunately I don't have debilitating anxiety I mean I've had panic attacks when I was younger but I can correlate that very distinctly to lifestyle mm -hmm. so living in New York staying up all night dancing and then trying to yeah, that's not what we're supposed to do, even though it was really fun. But I'm saying, like, I don't have them anymore because I really believe that I've got, first of all, more emotional resiliency. And my biology is just more optimal to avoid that for me. That being said, anxiety is gnarly. And I, at least I know what it feels like so I can be empathetic and relate. What do you, because you're so strong and you're so resilient in so many ways so what do you do when you feel anxious well it depends on in which format um i've learned to accept that i am anxious and um there are certain protocols that i'll go through 
So I don't like walking into an airplane. Okay. And it's funny, I, you, know, you tell certain people this, and they automatically default to flying, fear of flying. I don't have a fear of flying. I don't like being inside of a room that I can't get out of. I realize that. It's not so much anymore, though. But what I would do, I remember, is um, I would record the, what do you call that little pathway you walk into when you walk into an airplane, that little yeah, tunnel? Yeah, the gateway. Yeah, I record myself walking in that. So I have it stocked on my phone. So if I'm going to fly, what I'll do well in advance is I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll put my hands around my face and I'll watch myself go into it. And there have been times like when I was flying with Henner, I was like, Henner, no matter what, don't let me get out of here. He goes, okay. Because once they get in there and they close the door and we start moving, I'm fine. It's like an elevator. Mm. If the elevator is moving, I'm good. But if it stops, I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Okay. <laughs> Your eyes. <laughs> yeah. If we fly and we land, Mm-hmm. And they make us wait for two hours. Mm. I can get anxious. Yeah. The irony is, is the more we're moving, the calmer I become. Right. Another method is if I'm having a panic attack, I tend to um, get the my phone and I flip my phone around to where I'm looking at my face. It's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Video wow. yourself. Because when you look at yourself, it's so funny. You know this because I tell people to look at themselves in the mirror yes. when they train. Yeah. Some of them feel real shame to do so in front of people because we all have our mirror face. Right. <laughs> we have, our, and you know what's funny? What? Even under a stressful situation, you'll you'll go to mirror face. <laughs> you'll go to mirror face. You look at yourself. You might even fix your hair. <laughs> Why are you panicking? Yeah. You feel like you're fucking dying. But hold on, let me. That's so, amazing. It, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's it's been a very helpful tool. And then you get to go back. For, ultimately, it helps you realize that you're okay. I mean, that's just my takeaway from it. But that's so fucking brilliant, though. Like, yeah. why? What made you think of that? I wanted to log my panic attack to watch it later in a calm state to see what I look and sound like um, under that mindset. And going when I was like looking at myself, I realized I'm like, Hey, I'm like actually bringing myself down. So I continue to do it. And, you know, I have a lot more control. I just had a panic attack yesterday Oh, really? in the gym and it came out of nowhere. I felt somewhat a little nauseous and then suddenly I just got lightheaded. And what I literally did is I'm, I'm a quiet panicker. I don't get loud. I just walk out of the gym and I'm literally like taking off my belt, just drop it on the floor, take off my jacket and everything. Oh, yeah. And I walked halfway outside and I go, shut the fuck up, dude. Get yeah. your ass back in there. You have a job to do. Yeah. And I was like, it sounds funny and extreme, but I'm like, fuck it. If you pass out, you're fine. Someone will help you. I walked back in there. I put on all my gear again and I had a great workout and I beat it. Yeah. So you're never safe. No, it wasn't my caffeine. I, I've been very minimal when it comes to caffeine. Yeah, because I was thinking, is your diet doing that maybe? Who knows? What I don't want to do is fill in a blank. And yeah. I'll tell you why. Because once you start doing that, now you'll correlate that next time. Totally. All right? So smart. So I'm the type of person where I want to know as many truthful things as possible. So I'll withhold filling in the blank, even if it, I have to go against my own gut. 
um, most of the time. So yeah, it's it's that that's those are a couple methods that I've used. Those are I think those are powerful, and I think that you just probably helped so many people. People can be taken off their phone <laughs> when they're fucking panicking silently, like fixing their eyebrows and shit. Man, that's crazy. But you know what's so cool? What I capture because it's like, well, how do you like? Why did you do that? And you're like, well, I want to see what I look like and what I sound like. So now I'm gonna connect some dots. So as a kid, you guys don't know this, but you know, my brother was Michael. I have three brothers, you know, and Michael in particular was notorious for fucking taking shit apart and trying to put it back together. So he, Michael, his and so, a lot of times it didn't work out, so the phone would be broken or something. So, you know, but when you look back and like, and then now let me transfer this just immense amount of curiosity. It has bled into the entirety of his life so much to the point, Michael, that's why I, I've, I've called you for the longest time. I can't call you a trainer. Strength and conditioning coach, cool. That that makes more sense. But to me, you're more of like a training scientist, you know, because you create formulas, you move variables, and it's all fucking coming from that same thing in you as a kid that I witnessed, which is this crazy level of curiosity. And even in your, I'm recording my face, I'm... It's like everything is all about this. It stems from, it feels like it stems from curiosity. And then, yeah. Actually, from what I realized is it comes from being ADHD. <laughs> no, it's not a joke. So ADHD, um, I was diagnosed with it officially too. And it's funny, accepting it was a little difficult until I actually learned what it was, I started looking into different sources, and I remember um, reading something about, you know, um, do you remember that book, like How to Win Every Argument or something like that? Sounds familiar, but no, I never read it. Yeah, so it, it was, I love the art of argumentation, not argument in context of um, conflict, but just like, you know, reasoning and things like that, and I just remember them explaining, and it almost like brought me to tears like when they were explaining before they knew what ADHD was the label was you're a bad kid and that was me right I mean I went to 12 or 13 schools from um, fourth grade until I graduated and um, there are there are a couple like things that remained with me throughout this whole time. And that is my curiosity and innovation. And that is, in my opinion, a positive side to being ADHD um, or having it, I should say. In fact, I would not be surprised if they did some form of like study and they tested some of the best athletes in the world, right? In professional sports. I would believe the, mo the majority of them would be diagnosed with ADHD. I believe there's strong correlation to highly athletic people, people that like to move, 
even people that are not in organized sports, but people that like to move that have this. Um, now, I'm not a doctor. A lot of this is just my own thought um, applied with certain things that I've read. But um, just coping with it and learning how to use it, you know, and realizing it has been something that's actually kind of like, I'm like, in a weird way, I feel kind of lucky. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, damn, who would I be without this? I know mom has it. <laughs> you know, two sentences, we're talking about something else. <laughs> I swear. Well, that's one part of it. But I, I think that, you know, even your, you know, we can point it to you like challenge when we're talking about, you know, like your training and these kind of competitions you put yourself in. and But at the same time, then we can connect all the dots and go, it's also, or this is how I'm connecting it. There's a level of curiosity that's driving you to discover more of who you are. Like, what are you fucking really capable of? And, you know, if you, yeah, you can, I don't know, you know, a, a, I can't even say it. ADHD. ADHD. It's a, like a tongue twister for me. But for me, it's interesting, right? From like an outside perspective, even though I'm your sister, how I see it is so, um, my brother is just, he has this crazy level of curiosity, not to discredit, not to take away. I'm just, if anything, I'm adding to it from just like another layer of perspective from the external. And it's, you know, again, like we'll move into training and, you know, like with your, you know, your clients, your athlete clients, especially, you know, there's a there's something that very much and I know I'm your sister so it's like oh, I'm a sister but no I'm an athlete by way of life I I I've seen the best I I watch the best in terms of training and trainers and and there's a just you stand out at the top you're a fucking world class trainer regardless of whether or not you have the visibility yet which it's all coming anyone who trains with you from the pro athletes to your family to those, you know, just everyday civilians who are badasses coming and handling your training, like there's just something uniquely different. And it, it it's so obvious to me that like, man, you take, how, how did you create that? Like what made your brain think of, so like the grapple grip, which is something you invented and you know, it's kind of on pause or wherever it is right now, but you know, you created grip strengthening devices, right? Mm -hmm. And you can maybe, it's its not necessarily about the grapple grip that I wanna talk about that and then move into training a bit, but like you, you, you've you been training jujitsu for how long now? Yeah, it's going 13 years. 13 years, so you're, yeah, we're, we're looking at a black belt. No, not, <clears> not yet. I know, yeah. not yet. <laughs> that was a sister cough, like. <clears throat> um, but you you want to tell that story a little bit, just how you, because uh, I'm really interested in your framework. And I think that there's so much for people who, you know, are looking to better themselves in their lives and however, however many ways or whatever many ways. I do feel like curiosity is a huge tool that supports the process. If you're just fucking settling, if you're just, you know what I mean? Like, if you just accept, it's like, 
you're never going to push yourself to move forward or to figure out that next thing or try that next thing. So I agree. Curiosity is a very valuable asset to me because I use it to my advantage. Um, regarding the grapple grip, I, I just remember, so I'm not, I'm not spiritual in any way. I don't, I don't care about tradition. Like I don't give a shit about that stuff. I don't discredit it. So when we're training jujitsu and, you know, like we're doing all these moves. And so I just, I like, I don't want to be, it's interesting. I, I don't want to do what it takes to be a pro fighter, right? It's scary. It's painful. And the plausibility for success is very minimal unless you're extremely gifted. This is not to shut down anyone's dreams. You know, I'm not here to assess anyone's ability. Um, but it's what's the nature of the sport? Yeah. And, 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 and reflecting on myself, I'm like, okay, but I love it. I love the idea of combat, defending myself. And I, so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm involved in this, you know, school and we're grabbing these geese. I'm like, fucking grabbing a gi? The fuck is that? And the default, or what if you're wearing a jacket? I don't know. And the gi, you guys, for those of you who don't know, it's 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 the kimono that you wear when you train one form of jujitsu, which is like the founding. Well, it's the it's it's, it's the uniform that you see most people wear in martial arts, like whether it's karate, it's that white uniform. Yeah. And so the gi yeah. is not only a, a tool when it comes to jiu-jitsu, it's also used in regards to submitting people, controlling people. And I just, I never wanted to rely on anything. I know jiu-jitsu is a game, right? The, the gi game, I know it. And I respect it because I roll with some people and they literally paralyze me in the way they hold their grips and all this and all that. And I couldn't move. And I'm just like, shit, okay. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I don't want to be that kind of athlete. I want to be a limb grabbing athlete. I want to be able to, if I was butt naked with you, I want to know that I don't give a shit. I have all the tools in my arsenal. And so it's to a point where if you have to beat me with your gi, I don't say you're cheap. I just say you had no choice because you couldn't do it without the gi. So go ahead. Great. And I still wear it because I love when people use it on me because he don't told me a long time ago. Gracie, you know Gracie, Henner Gracie, if you can yeah. Um If you can escape while someone's grabbing your gi, then you can really escape when you're not wearing a gi. And I'm like, cool. So I love when people grab my gi, even though I don't do as good sometimes. It, to where it's like, if, let's just say a blue belt has me and they're going to submit me and I'm a brown belt. I know hypothetically in this hypothetical situation, if I like grab a gi in some way it can save me, I'll take the loss. If I could beat uh, one of the highest black belts in our school, if I see like a gi opening, right? I won't do it. I took an oath. I want to be able to beat people with absolutely nothing at all. And that to me is a true form of combat um, across the board. Now, should I be aware of certain things? Absolutely but not to spend so much time on it. It, it. For example, like if an MMA fighter, like Conor McGregor recently, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't have to take a whole wrestling camp. 
he had to learn how to defend himself from taking it. It wasn't good enough, obviously, but right. you don't have to become the wrestler to learn how to defend against wrestling. Mm. You just have to learn forms of wrestling specific to that. So if there are gi chokes and stuff like that that are required for me in order to get my black belt to learn, I don't have to spend enough time and become this gi athlete. I don't like the gi. I don't, I don't even <laughs> want to like it. I like no gi. I like using my hands. I like using my brain. I like knowing that I don't need anything except what I have like on me physiologically to basically uh, defend or even beat a person. And that's where the grapple grip came because people were doing gi pull-ups and then the grapple grip came out and then, you know, I didn't make good business decisions, but it's still kind of cool. I still, I had a patent, I have a patent on it and, you know, certain other companies copied and at the end of the day, it comes down to who has more money. Have they copied? I've never seen the copy. I'll show it to you. Rogue definitely copied me. That's amazing. Yeah. But you had it in the UFC gyms. You had it on. Um, Dude, I had it. Uh, the, the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. You've had, was it Was it Rocky? It's Rocky, Sylvester S Stallone. Sylvester Stallone used it. Not yeah. even that long ago had yeah. it, you know, because it was Gunnar Peterson. Gunnar Peterson yeah, used it, like, yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, it, it is really cool because here I am, you know, I'm not this like, highly decorated, you know, PhD, but- Engineer. Yeah, I was just messing around and it was based on my desires of wanting to be a better athlete. So in this sense, the uh, the involvement in the art actually allowed it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see at this point, it's just, uh, it's an accolade that I do, you know, feel proud of um, and, I'm known for my grip strength in our academy. So yeah, it it kind of all connects. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. I love Thank that. You. Um, you're welcome. So let's talk about where you are right now in your career with training because you train some of the, you know, top most respected athletes, UFC fighters in particular. You got Brian Ortega, Verdum, I don't think he's in, he's kind of out right now for a second, but longtime legend, Carla Sparza. I mean, you've, you know. Yeah, I've been fortunate to work with some of the best athletes. Um, Anderson Silva, like you said, Carla Sparza. Fucking Anderson. Brian Ortega, um, the Verdum. Ver Verdum is a legend. And, uh, you know, Christos, James Ventossery. Um, John Paul is up and coming and um, I love it. And these people, the ones I work with, I tend to get close to. You naturally do anyways. Um, there's a lot of bullshit that goes on inside bigger camps when there's more people and there's more fame. And you, you kind of have to learn how to maneuver around it. Uh, but at the end of the day, these people that are famous have access to anybody. And I'll tell you, they're very intuitive and they can smell bullshit from 10 miles away. So if they like you and they like your work, it's pretty significant because they have a good bullshit meter. So it's very validating in that sense, not just because they're famous, it's because they consider you somebody worth spending time with in order to help them. And because of that, 
I like I put everything into it. it. It's very personal to me. It's my work to where I I'm OCD with it. I mean, this is I sound like an asshole in my class. You know that specifically, right? I mean, you have experienced it personally. Well, it's not even like I want to look at somebody and say, "Hey, but it's just like I don't have to care. I still get paid the same. The people would still come. Shit, there might even be more people." But certain things are like, no, 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 this, 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 right? When you're under my watch, you're going to do it right. And I'm going to do my best to expose, going back to what we were talking about, mm -hmm. who you are under stress, right? And I give you permission. I tell you, you can stop. I like when you stop. Yeah. You're taking a pause on your path, but it's an earned pause. Get your water, but fucking earn it, damn it. Don't leave here with a conscience. Now, this is not CrossFit, not to put down CrossFit. I have, well, you got to lie on the floor. I'm not telling you to lie on the floor. I'm telling you to, like, if you have to move for 30 seconds, learn how to move for 30 seconds. Learn, like, you know, you don't got to go to your mo, maybe it's your last set you want to give it your all, but like, there's just, there's an analogy I use. If you're driving in a car, let's just say from point A to point B, right? If you drive too slow, you'll never make it to the finish line, right? Because you'll run out of gas or you just might get distracted. If you drive too fast, you won't be able to describe what you drove past, right? You don't have enough to absorb, okay? Um, but if there's a perfect speed and it's, it's, it's specific to everybody to where you can get to that finish line, but also understand your path. One art is finding your speed, right? And the coolest thing is, is because it's contingent on gas and speed, you can increase both. So I, I ask people, if you were to do an obstacle course and you don't know what's ahead of you for the first time, right? Let's just say you're training for it. You wouldn't try to like go balls out. If you did, it's your bad because you don't know if there's a one mile hill coming up. You examine the route. Where does my body feel like this? Where does my body feel like that at that point? Then the next time you have an understanding as to how it works, okay. And for me, specifically Mike Safai, like when I have my routes, I have songs timed that play at certain moments of my running route to help me throughout times of hills where I need more, times of speed, like towards the end, the beginning, the beginning song is always the same, so I don't run too fast, right? And it's interesting because it's literally dictating my pace and my brain, and it it affects me emotionally, uh, emotionally to where the other night, you know, Jessica follows me in the car because I run at nighttime and I do it for specific reasons because I separate my weight training by at least six hours. I'm running up a hill. I conquered the hill. I killed it, did the fastest I've done. I mean, I don't run in two years. I was telling you that, right? And so I'm running and this music's playing. It's very interesting too, because if you looked at me from the outside, you'd be like, that motherfucker's weird. <laughs> but inside my head, it's a whole different world, right? And Jessica's recording me and we're all doing this because, you know, we're going to have a kid and, you know, these are all just like little book notes for when we're older. And I just remember like she's in the car and I'm looking at the camera and I was like, Michael Safai, on this day, October 9th, about 10 o'clock PM, 
And I want you to know, wherever you are in your life, listen to this. You feel the best you ever have at this fucking moment. And so, yeah, it's even right now, it's like, ugh. That's so cool. It's, and I can't wait to look at it in 10, 15 years. Yeah. Right? Because we forget these things. Yeah. Life happens so fucking fast, you know? And sometimes in a slow moment, um, that's when anxiety, anxiety can occur or, you know, certain things. But I love that moment. That, that was probably a highlight of this whole prep is talking to myself in the future. That's, I fucking love that. I, I actually do that a lot um, in my writing every morning I write and also voice record. So I got some, I got some fucking voice notes that I strategically like, I recorded them so that I strategically recorded them with the intention to not open them until I'm at a certain place and I'm speaking to myself in that it's like back to the future. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Like, it's so cool. And it's, you know what I love so much about it is it really supports this developmental, developmental relationship that you have with yourself, which I believe is, first of all, the most important relationship you can ever have in life, period. Like family, nope, nope, nothing comes for, because every, the way, the relationship I have with myself, and this is my opinion, is so much of what dictates how I, how, who I am to everybody else outside of me, right? So it's cool. I, I, I mean, I've, listen, I walk around fucking all in my house all day and I talk to myself when I train. I mean, I don't do it in the gym when you can see me, but like when I'm doing my beach runs out loud, like out loud fucking, I would look crazy for sure. Like, especially at the end when I'm sprinting and I'm, I mean, I'm the common, I feel like Rocky and Apollo in the moment on the beach. And I'm just like, fucking, who are you? Who are you? But there's something so powerful about talking out loud to yourself. And I, it's almost like, man, I wish I could, you know, it's like a tool. It's a tool. I feel like it's a tool. If, it yeah. is a tool and every, in, in, in the tools within your toolbox, I believe are, um, you're, you're lucky to have in some cases because people don't have them. They try. I see it. Um, I, you know, there, a lot of times I've seen people even on social media imitate some of my workouts and certain things and they, they don't have it. That's a compliment. It is. Um, I'm not going to lie though. It, it stings a little bit because, you know, they have like a larger following and they essentially get credit mm. for it. So, yeah. um, and this weird battle goes on inside my head. Should I be the one to be like, no, okay. Like, oh, as long as you know, or do I want to be like, hey, sometimes like, fuck it. Like, boom, I did this first and I'll tag a friend that I did it with or something like that. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so these tools that you have within you, um, you, we can call them gifts. The reason why I'm a little reluctant on saying gifts is because I don't want to ever imply that something was given to you with intention. I don't like this idea of people saying this is what you were born to do, even though I understand. I wasn't born to do anything, all right? I didn't choose to be born, okay? Um, I was lucky enough to be born. And then like I said earlier, I was lucky enough to turn out the way I did 
So I'm very fortunate to myself, my support group, which is you guys, my family, um, everyone in my family, um, and even some of the people that have challenged me in weird ways. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it continues. Like I said earlier, the story goes on. I'm curious to see how it ends. And now with cell phone driving, I'm fucking afraid. You the know, what? Cell phone driving. It's like I'm not. I think about that because I'm like, man, in ten, like, like how often am I gonna drive in fucking ten years, right? Mm-hmm. And you see these motherfuckers behind you looking at their cell phone. They just hit you, you know. Right, like, right. I'm saying like right. the odds. You could do yeah. everything perfect, and it's still nothing's right, guaranteed. No, nothing's guaranteed. And actually, I think that when we hold that thought very vividly in our minds, we have a better respect for life. And when we have a better respect for life, we fucking take more advantage of, you know, the minutes that we have in it. You know, we're not trying to we're not trying to waste it. Um, So I have to consider that you're dieting right now. So you're on a food schedule and, you know, but there's a few more things that are important. Um. And we'll do more podcasts, obviously. You're not going anywhere. (laughs) Um, What's the bravest thing you feel like you've ever done in your life? Oh, wow. Um, The bravest thing I've ever done in my life. I was telling dad I want to go live with mom. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Our dad was scary, guys. You actually saved me. I don't know if you remember. I kind of feel like I do, but I, I just, no, I, I don't know. If maybe he remind. Was like, do you want to go live with your mom? And I look. I remember. I looked up. I was like, yeah. And he started choking me, and you were, <laughs> you're like, stop. And he fucking chased you in the other room. And because, oh wow, really? Because you said that, he stopped choking me. That's amazing. And then we ended up moving over here. That's crazy. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, we had, which more will come out, I'm sure, but it's crazy because most people who, most people who don't know our childhood would never, ever, I, I'll speak for me. Most people would never guess that we had a dad who used to kick our ass, or for me, because I don't own, like it didn't, for me it wasn't, you know, it was just fucking, I was just there in that moment, you know? I believe the reason why, though, is because we don't, um, we don't dwell on that. I didn't take it personal. Um, sometimes I do. But my life is just, in a way, I, I don't try to avoid it. And I'm not like, you know, oh, forgive. I'm not any of that. But it's more along the lines, I'm just so occupied with what I do in my time in my day. If it gets brought up, like it's talked about now, okay, you can think of things that can be, you know, that can trigger off an emotion. But for the most part, it, um, no, it doesn't, doesn't mess with me. Well, I think, do you think, because, so I learned from a sports psychologist that he heard, I heard, I first heard this term post-traumatic growth. And I, I really connected with that because I think that the challenges that we've had, I've had as an individual, we've had as, you know, a family in our in our earlier years, um, I could say that 
I mean, I don't feel like they drive me because I don't hold on to them to say like, oh, this is driving me to be better. But it's kind of like going back to resiliency. I'm like, man, I've survived some gnarly ass shit as a kid. And so if I can survive that, then I can survive. I'm, I'm tough. I can survive a lot of things, you know? So maybe it's almost like subconsciously that's, you know, that's what supported so much of my further emotional resiliency and my ability to succeed in a lot of ways I've succeeded already in life and, and what keeps me like chasing this carrot of better every single day. It's, it's because I just feel very strong and very capable. I don't know. I don't know. That's just... I, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, and I evaluate my past all the time um, to, to, to make sense more of it. Um, it helps me understand who I am a little bit more. So uh, there's never quite a clear picture because you continue to learn more like as you grow older. <clears throat> but the outcome, I should say, the outcome from it is that there's one constant throughout my life and that is you never gave up like you've always shown to be resilient and that's pretty interesting it gives me confidence in future you know i guess you could say uh, future situations that might present challenges it's not to say that I'm going to beat them, um, but it's to sh allow me to understand, trust your mind, Michael, trust your mind. Because if there's one thing that you've realized or you should have realized at this point is that when someone punches you in the face, you move forward. You might get knocked out after that next step, but you don't go away. And that, in a sense, is very comforting knowing that my brain, which is me, mm -hmm. my brain is talking about me. It's interesting. <laughs> we'll move forward towards difficult times. So um, understanding that that is just the nature of this thing we call life, I feel as prepared as I ever could be. So That's awesome. All right. So, um, okay. So what's the, what, what's inspiring you right now in life? Like what's something that's really driving your curiosity you know, outside of your, um, well, no, what's something that's really inspiring you right now to make, that's making you want to learn more or do something more or, you know, anything of that sort. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I, unfortunately, I, I wish I can give an answer to that because there's a lot of moving parts to it. Like one part. How about in your career? In my, I mean, in my career, ultimately I want to develop a machine that allows me to work less because doing what I do is, is, um, is demanding, you know, picking up a 45 pound weight, putting it down, moving this around, moving that, you know, uh, elevating my voice, just emotionally getting involved. Like, it's very taxing, even from a caloric standpoint. So there are times where it's like, if you're not, I mean, even talking to you prior to doing this, you were explaining that you like to be sharp mm -hmm. and we're literally just sitting here talking. 
right? because you have respect for your work mm -hmm. and you wanna be in a certain brain state where you can produce, you know- Formulate uh, questions. High like quality uh, like work. Right. And that's what I take pride in. I'm almost an all or nothing guy. And, and here's an, an easy indication as to how I can assess that. My air condition, it's either on off, hot, or cold. It's very rare that I turn it in the middle. <laughs> in fact, the only time I do that now, if I do it, is because of Jessica. She's allowed me to maneuver it. <laughs> Otherwise, it's all the way off, cold, or hot. And that's how I treat my work. Yeah, you're all in. I'm all in or I'm like, ugh, I can't do this right now. Right. My clients sometimes like, hey, can you do 530? I'm like, I mean, physically, yes, but you're not going to get me. That's cool. <laughs> you get a, you'll have a body there. That's real. But I can't, I can't do that. So, um, yeah, ultimately, I would like to create some type of, you know, process or system that allows people to receive good work that obviously I approve of. Mm -hmm. You know, um, obviously coordinated with other people that I respect. Right. And you know, and for them to you know, learn from and gain from. I also have a product that um, for, you know, butts, yeah. specifically women's butts, but not entirely exclusive that I'm working on right now. And- uh, Can't wait for that. That's gonna be great. Yeah. I'm gonna use that. So I actually have to show you these um, prototypes. Um, yeah, and who knows, I, it's always changing. I don't know what I'm gonna think of even in five minutes from now. When, 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 one thing that, uh, I want to drop in this episode is that you're so you know you kind of have like two sides to your training your 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 career it feels like like you have the strength and conditioning where you're you know focusing on athletes and that's very specific you know for a lot of different reasons and then you have you know your kind of regular clients right who are not pro athletes and in that there's like a there's your high intensity interval training class, right? That you started this summer that I'm obsessed with. Um, you know, a lot of you guys who follow me on Instagram see me post either before, during, or after. And one thing that I want to, you know, that I love so much is, and I, I feel like it's so important, I wanna share it, is that you have this unique ability to bring out the inner champion in someone. And I'm talking not just the pro athlete. I think that's one part of why they love you. I mean, there's many reasons from your actual technical training, your energy, but there's something about when you, you, you can make anybody feel like a fucking champion. And what's so cool is your class is hard, man. It's hard in all the right ways. I say it so often. It's how I use it to train my mind, right? And there's a lot of women in there and we're doing hard shit, man. We're lifting weights, we're not mo stopping moving. We're... And what's so obvious to my eye and the feeling like energy wise is like, and, and there's men in there obviously too, but I'm gonna focus on women for a second is, I feel like you empower women. You empower everyone you train, you bring out the champion, but there's something very special. I feel when I look in the eyes of the, the women that are in the class and we just got done, the, the, the look in their eyes when they're smiling at me is the look of a very accomplished, strong, empowered woman. Like, and very rightfully so, because they just did some hard shit, the shit that nobody wants to do, or most people. So 
I say that one to just acknowledge you out loud out into the world. Um, but two, and considering your time, I'm going to do rapid fire questions after this and get you out. How much more time do you have? Don't worry about it. Okay. So two is just because, um, you know, I think that's a, it's so interesting. You're like this strong, you know, I'm going to say buff, but I'm going to say lean because I don't buff can mean a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like you're this very built, strong, you know, man. And I don't know. You know, it's like if people were to label or to look or like, it's just interesting how I just love that, you know, someone like you who is very strong, very powerful in the mind, in your way of being and you take these women, and some of the women are delicate in so many ways, and you make them feel like fucking badasses because they are. I just think it's cool. Yeah, it's interesting because it, that, that's another realization that I had, uh, unfortunately, later in my career uh, uh, as like a, like a fitness guy. I've worked with a lot of women, and um, I, I tend to find them way more resilient than men. Maybe in some cases not as capable, right? But man, um, I don't, the performance is something that is secondary to effort. So when I see people try, regardless of how well they're performing, I mean, fuck, think about this. Uh, let's just say you had two people running up a hill. You had one guy that you know did it, and he he, he looks strong and he's fast and. He beat the fucking record. Then he had another guy that is not nearly as aesthetic. Okay. Let's just say he's overweight and he's climbing the same hill and he's fucking, you just see effort in his movement, in his face to a point where even he falls to his knees. Now he came and walked. The motherfucker's crawling. What do you think the audience is going to applaud? both but who do we relate to more mm -hmm. it's the person that's just not stopping yeah right or impressed by more not even impressive is the world record time mm -hmm. but it's like go go you get involved you're moved by it. yeah you fucking feel like no come on man you can finish mm -hmm. you yeah. encourage it like that's what rocky was about when he's barely making it up the stairs right and then you see him training for it, it rocky we didn't love rocky because he just won the battle and that was it right. i mean any movie yeah. it's 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 the adversity and so when you see people try and women specifically it's pretty goddamn badass to see them like just not break. And so I realized throughout conversation and throughout certain training, you know, models that um, I do empower women and I'm actually proud of it because I don't, I'm not like, oh, you know, nothing against that. I mean, you know, everyone has a fit for everybody and I'm not a perfect fit for everybody. I'll say that straight up. But the ones that I work well with tend to do very well in a short period of time, not just in the gym performing, but even throughout life, how they carry themselves. And I fucking love that. That's so cool. Yeah. I love it too. I'm a, I'm a proud sister for that. 
All right, so you got like two minutes. I'm gonna just, I wanna rapid fire. So I'm okay. gonna say a word and then you're just gonna tell me how it impacts you or your thoughts on it. Fear. Motivation. Love. Abstract. Passion. I ain't gonna lie, I feel mean asking you these questions. No, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, don't worry about it, pass. Feel good statement. Challenge. Essential. Appreciation. Fuel. Success. Subjective. I love you. I love you too. Thank you. You're welcome. This is fun. Yeah, it ain't gonna be the last. We got, we got, because I definitely want to pick your brain about training women. I'm on a, I just flip variables right now, right? Like more carbs, more weight training. It's all exciting and new. But so we got to pick your brain in that way too for specific things. But I just wanted to, first of all, have you on the podcast because I love you and you inspire me and your brain is. To me, it's it's absolutely, and I'm not the only one, man. You got you got your own fan club, you know, because you have a mental framework that is very resilient, very geared towards high performance. And everyone listening to this podcast is doing their best every day to turn their fucking best into better. So you're a great, you know, example of that. So Thank you. So I are you. you. I love you too. Can you uh, tell them how to stay in touch with you? Like, where do they follow you? Instagram, all that. Yeah, Instagram's a good way. It's like a visual email. It's funny. Um, <laughs> Never heard that. Yeah, it's uh, Mike, M-I-K-E, Safai, S-A-F-F-A-I-E. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of pictures on your uh, Instagram wall that they yeah. can tag. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'll have it all in the show notes. Feel free to ask me anything if you guys feel like you need to. And if I don't get back to you immediately, don't hold it against me because... Um, sometimes it takes a little while for me to get to everyone. So, um, but I look forward to questions um, or just statements, anything. They, it all means a lot. So you That's can awesome. never, appreciation. I love it. So, <laughs> appreciation, yeah. I love it. All right, you guys, thank you so much for spending your time here with us and I will catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. 
Resonate recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next. Oh, 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 oh,